Welcome to Origin Gates. This is Wisdom's Echo and my name is Lindy Masters. Today I want to talk about being single-minded. You know, the scripture speaks about those who are not single-minded, that a man who is unstable in all his ways is the man who is double-minded. And so I want to talk about being single-minded. And so often in society, and perhaps also depending on which uh, part of the world you're born in, we can be so easily swayed by secular humanism, by the modern day thoughts of today. We can be so easily swayed by things that are going on and we can forget to be you know, single-minded about many things in our lives. So we've got to make sure that we have our focus and our understanding secure in who we are. I think a lot of times when people are not single-minded, it is because they don't know who they are. And I speak about this quite often, but we must know who we are. If we don't know who we are, we will be swayed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. Everything that comes across our paths, we will be swayed by it because we, we don't know who we are. And when you know who you are, it, it, maybe it's a bit stubborn, but to be stubborn and go, no, 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 not going to move. I know who I am. I know whose I am. I know who I walk with and I know what I'm going to do. And I'm not going to look to the left or the right. I'm going to stay single-minded. You know, we often see people fighting for moral high ground on the earth in the natural. Um, people wanting to, um, I don't know, go and do different things, want to be the one that's changing stuff or moving stuff. Or we see this is going on in the courts and in the, in the realms and in the demonic realm. And we want to deal into the stuff. And, and again, I, th I think sometimes we need to be careful that we're not always fighting for moral high ground, but that we're only doing what we hear and we see our father doing. And I often say to people, if you're going to go and fight for something in the natural, then please don't go to the courts of heaven and fight it in the supernatural or in the spiritual because you've picked a side. And I had a girl saying, you know, I want to go. I'm, I'm so unhappy with what's going on with the, with the young people that are being trafficked and, and, and I think it was abortion. I don't know which issues it was. And she said, I'm going to go and protest in London tomorrow. And I said, you can do it. Um, but then if you do it, just know that you're doing it on the earth and you're not doing it in the realms of the kingdom. Yes, but you've got to do something. I said, I understand what you're saying, but I want to say to you, be single-minded about this. Go into the courts of heaven and legislate the courts of heaven about the thing that you find to be so um, upsetting for you. And then allow Yahweh to do and affect it from the realms of the kingdom into the earth. As it is in heaven, so too is it on the earth. Anyway, she decided to go and picket anyway. So she went picketing with her banners and her yelling. And then this other group came and they were the ones that were on the opposite side of the scale. And they were yelling at them and abusing them and shouting at them and swearing at them. And she said it was a bun fight. It was awful. She hated it. She said, I left. I couldn't stand it. We're fighting for this is truth. And they're fighting. No, it's not. And she said it was just terrible. And she looked at me and she said, you were absolutely right. I needed to have been single-minded about this. Just gone into the courts of heaven. But I just felt so much that I needed to do something physically. And I said, I understand that. But stick to what you know works. Stick to what Yahweh is saying to you. And here's the thing. When we want to get moral high ground, the problem with that, that is our gifting can often um, cause us to come into a place of uh, panic and a, and a place where we can cause damage. And I'll talk a little bit about the giftings because we find them in Romans chapter 12. And Romans speaks about 
the prophetic gift, the mercy gifting, this this teacher, the the giver, the ruler, um, the mercy gift. There's all these different giftings are there, and I often speak to people about the fact that we're trying to find moral high ground sometimes based on our giftedness, our gifting that we have, our, our prophetic nature or our mercy nature. And I say to people often, your gifting can become your Achilles heel if it is ungoverned. You must learn to govern the gifting. Now, I'm not talking about being a prophet or being an apostle. These are things you're born with, a nature that you're born with. And so many of us are prophetic. You know, I'm not saying we're prophets, but we just are. We The, the bottom line for a prophet is they want justice. And the problem with that, and this is the, the one that gets into the most trouble, the problem with that gifting, the, the prophetic gifting or the prophet gifting in the need for justice all the time is that the thing we will often end up not getting is the very thing we want, which is justice. Because we'll run after everything. We will not even be able to pick a side or pick the one we want to run with because everything becomes an injustice because we haven't governed a gift. Now, I have a friend who's got a mercy gifting, always renting her house out to people. They're always not paying rent and she's having to kick them out. So I said to her, really, we need to learn how to govern our giftings, girl, because the need to help everyone supersedes your brain, which says, don't get them in. You know they're going to cause you trouble because of the, the desperate need to help, to help, to help, to have mercy. Um, the giver gifting, I saw this in a friend of mine. They were always saying, God, we need help. We need finances. Please provide food. And we would do it. And then they'd give it away. And uh, as fast as it was coming in, they'd give it away and give it away and give it away. And then the, they moaned at the Lord and said, we never have anything. And the Lord said, well, I'm tired of giving you stuff because you never keep it. You always give it away. You don't have to give everything away. You can keep some of it. So, so givers can often become impoverished because they don't know how not to give to their own detriment because they haven't governed their gift. Um, a ruler, you know, a ruler has a, a my way or the highway um, attitude, and um, you know they're rulers, and we need rulers in this world. They're phenomenal, but you know what the the sad uh, thing is of a ruler that when it's ungoverned and it's not looked after, is that they alienate people from themselves, and they end up really lonely and very alone. We don't want to have all these things. We've got to learn how to govern our gifting so that we can become single-minded. You know, if you've got a mercy gifting, you can see everybody's point of view and you'll never pick a side. Not single-minded. If you've prophetic gifting, I need justice. Sometimes that can be justice for the wrong thing because you don't know how to govern the need for justice, etc. and etc. A ruler can be going, my way, it's my way. I know this is the right way. You've got to follow me. And then not see a simpler way just because... They haven't learned to, to govern, and that means they've come into a place of, of alienation. So here's what I believe we need to do to be single-minded. So we need to turn our attention into olam. Now, the word olam is uh, antiquity, antiquity or eternity, the future. That is what olam is. We need to turn our attention into olam. In fact, in olam is sitting Everything you need, your your scrolls, um, your prophetic stuff that Yahweh's got for you, the purpose for your life, the will of God for your life sits in this place, in Olam. And when you turn your attention into Olam, what happens is you can become, you walk into this place of Tikkun Olam. Tikkun Olam means the repairers of the world. 
Now we know that Romans chapter 8 says that the whole of creation is groaning and it is waiting for the manifestation of not just the ourselves and our own bodies, but of, of us. The creation is waiting for us to manifest. It was made subject to us, not willingly, but because Yahweh wanted to do it. And so Tikkun Olam, to, to behave and to act constructively and beneficially, to, to behave constructively and beneficially, that's what Tikkun Olam, to, to do the thing with, with absolute construct in our minds we know what we're going to do and it becomes very beneficial to everybody that is around us be constructive to operate constructively um, when you are double-minded and not single-minded that becomes very difficult to do um, this Allah means to speedily see your mighty splendor the father's mighty splendor to cause detestable idolatry or idolatrous things to be removed from the land and the false gods will be utterly cut off to take on Alam, the repairers of the world. So we fix, we repair, establish a world under the Almighty Kingdom. You can't do that when you are not single minded. We know that the whole of creation is waiting for us to go, light be, be restored, be healed. Be fully developed in all that Yahweh's got for you. We know the world is waiting for it. You know, come on, we speak to the trees, we speak to things, we speak to our plants. And so we really are needed. The earth, the creation is needing us to get our act together and be single-minded and begin to speak life into creation, into the land, into the food, into the finances, and speak life into the government. Don't get all discombobulated. That's the word for the day, discombobulated, um, and get yourselves all tangled up in politics. Um, I'm very political. I love watching politics, but I never get tangled in the politics because I always turn my attention with whatever is concerning me. I'll sit and turn my attention into Yahweh, and I'll listen and only do and pray what he is telling me to do and pray for. Otherwise, I am not single-minded. I am double-minded because I can I can flip-flop between the two all the time. Our gifting can become our Achilles heel. And then we, we begin into that place of ungovernability where we cannot be governing ourselves properly because of that thing in us that we just don't know how to bring into order. And we speak a lot about bringing stuff into order. We speak a lot about dealing with our gateways. Deal with your spirit. Deal with your soul. Deal with your flesh. The five senses, the things that I see, the things that I look on, the things that I listen to, the things I taste. It could be addictions. It could be things I say. The things that I touch. You know, when we, when we put our hands to things that are not necessarily good. Things I smell. Smell has got to do with uh, discernment. The things that I smell. We've got to be careful um, that we bring all of those things into government in Yahweh. Bringing it to the throne of grace saying, Lord, just cleanse this up in me. Clean my gateway so that I have a pure filter by which I can operate on the face of the earth, which will help me be single-minded. Never double-minded. I have a, fr a friend who can be terribly double-minded. And um, he just, I think he, he struggles within himself 
to make a decision and stick with the decision because he's always second guessing himself that he could have made a better decision or something better or something more to do. It's exhausting. We need to learn to be single-minded within your family, within your business, within your finances, within your children. Be single-minded. Set your attention to one thing and keep your confession pure. Keep your heart pure and speak life into the thing that you have chosen. So again, take on alarm to behave and act constructively and beneficially. To speedily see our, your mighty splendor, Father, to cause the testable idolatry to be removed from the land. Woo! Come on, we're going to remove these things from the land that bring absolute disdain to the name of Yahweh and begin to bring peace. You know, I remember going to India two weeks after the massive tsunami that hit India after it was originated in Phuket. And when we were there, we were on the beach and, oh my goodness, there were these huge granite blocks, huge, which they used to keep the monsoon waters at bay with. And honestly, there was no more blocks left. They were just washed out. They were just snatched up by this crazy wave that flipped around to the south of India and took these granite blocks out. And we were walking around just seeing the utter devastation, utter devastation. I've never seen anything like it, so I don't even know what Phuket would have looked like. And walking around these dear Indian people, we saw um, these different temples you know that were standing there and and it was so interesting because anything that was christian based was solid even houses that were christian based they didn't have windows and doors because the the wave went in snatched the windows and doors and pulled them out and everything in the house got yanked out but the actual houses were standing um and the same with the with the christian sort of little churches and things where the wave would have stopped just in front of the church but the dear people who had the other, you know, religions, their stuff was just destroyed and fallen over and broken. I remember seeing this weird goddess lying sort of half in a ditch. And I thought, yeah, that's about right. Now, here's the thing. Um, Tikkun Alam, to bring up to, uh, us to a place where we cause detestable idolatry to be removed from the land. Just being there and seeing how all of that stuff could not withstand it. It was the most interesting thing. And I, I said to the one girl, I said, oh, my goodness, your house is still standing. And she said, oh, no, ma'am, our house and our neighbor's house is standing. But there were 40 houses in front of us on the beachfront. And they, there wasn't even a stone left in place. And the wave had taken them all out. And they belonged to a different religion. And I was shocked. And I thought, isn't that interesting how Yahweh protected his people who were calling, they were standing on the roof of their house calling out to God for salvation, for help, and for protection. This is Tikkun Alam, the repairers of the world, not to destroy people and hurt people. It was never our heart to do. And, and many of them survived. It's just their houses disappeared. But the, the whole issue of cleansing the land, of that which causes the land to feel um, offended, the, 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 the land groans sometimes under these things and we are here to come and bring it to a place of peace, so we can't be going well, you know, whatever you want to do if you want to do that, we'll do, if you want to serve that if you want to put up these these false things, it's okay, whatever you want to do false idols, go on then we just got to be single minded, no, no, no no, not on our turf I was very single minded in our neighborhood some years ago when uh, there was a high end brothel 
that was opened up two streets away from me. And I thought, really? Not on my watch, baby. And so we used to stand outside. Why? Not because we hated the people. Not because we wanted anything to happen to them. I did not want a brothel in my neighborhood. He was stopping and offering young girls on the streets jobs to come in and be topless waitress, waitresses for, for dirty old men. And I was like, forget this. It's not happening. And so we stood outside that brothel and we engaged above it with the realms of the kingdom. And Yahweh turned that whole thing around. And eventually they had to leave. And the other house that they had, they had to leave. And people from our church moved into the house. And the little swimming school my, my grandbaby goes to is in the other house. As we redeemed the land from what we seemed, what we didn't want in our neighborhood. Now, I know prostitution has been around forever. But you know what? Not in my neighborhood. Did it in another neighborhood as well. Shut down a brothel, a drug dealer, and a pedophilia ring in one street. Within a week, the cops had come and had raided the whole thing. Why? Because 40 people were very single-minded about how they were going to stand there and engage with heaven and shut down portals of sin and immorality in our street. And it worked. So we don't fight for hor for for. A moral high ground on the earth. We go into the, in, in, not in the natural, but we go up into the courts of heaven. And then we begin to do what we have to do. And watch Yahweh begin to change it. It's been astonishing. As we become those who are tikkun alam, those who are repairers of the world. Those of us who go press ourselves into antiquity, into eternity, bringing back into our present, because we don't want to live in the, in the sweet by and by, something that's far out there, bringing it back right here into our present. I reach into the future. I bring my scroll. I bring my destiny, my prophetic stuff from the future into my present. And then I sit in the place of tikkun or lam, and I become a repairer of the world. As you can see, I'm extremely single-minded about this. Govern your gift. Govern how you behave. And learn how to go into the realms of the kingdom. And be single-minded in what Yahweh tells you to do. And then stand as a king and govern until you begin to see change. I hope this has helped you. But if anything, learn to be single-minded. Shalom, shalom.